Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcasts and the Buzz Radio Network. Former Arkansas Razorback baseball player Tyler Spoon. You have from ESPN's Around the Horn, highly questionable. Also, a two time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former head athlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. D1Baseball.com editor Aaron Fitt. And current Razorback freshman star Devo Davis. Mr. Ryan McGee. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. From a Razorback great and current SEC Network basketball analyst, Pat the Shooter Bradley. Here are your hosts, Kyle Sutherland, Kevin Bohannon, and Porter Hayes. Welcome in to episode 221 of the one and only Hog Talk Podcast, live from the Heinemann Services Studios. I'm your host, Kyle Sutherland, and whether you're listening on 106.7 The Buzz 2 or your favorite podcast forum, we appreciate you for coming and hanging out with us. If you're on one of the forums, be sure and hit that subscribe button if you have not already, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could please be so kind to leave us a five-star rating and written review, help us continue to get our name out there and reach more people. The show is brought to you, as always, by our our friends at Bet Online. They are your number one spot for pro and college football action this season with the new and updated website and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Do not forget to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your bonus. That's B L E A V. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. They are your fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Going to be a shorter show this week, or at least this Friday, uh, and uh, going to fly solo with you guys here for a second. And then in segment two, Porter will talk with Brian Scott Rippey, host of the Rippey Rights podcast, which Kevin was on this week to preview the game. And so a little cross-brand action from us and Brian. He does some great work. We actually had him on back in the spring prior to the series with Ole Miss, and then I was on his podcast uh, earlier this summer back in August. So uh, always love doing work with Brian. Going to be a great segment there. And uh, just before we get into segment two, I got to admit something that you guys know if you've been listening really for, I guess, since, I don't know, the season ended last year. I think we did a too soon to call it type thing where we went kind of briefly went through the schedule for this season, or at least like the SEC games. And we talked about, okay, this is probably going to be a win just based on what we know now, what each team has coming back. And I've said since that time that I think that Arkansas is going to lose this game, mainly because the way that it went last year and picking off Matt Corral six times, I think there were seven total turnovers in the game with also a fumble on top of those interceptions. And also Lane Kiffin, a really good play caller, was going to dial some things up. We all know that Barry Odom is a great defensive mind, but I just thought that really the odds were stacked all, all offseason, really even up to this week. I thought that the odds were stacked against the Razorbacks. Also, it's an away game in Oxford. The fans are going to be going crazy there. But as I continue to look, I've listened to some Ole Miss podcasts, and they're 
feeling about the same way that Razorback fans are. We feel good about it, but we're not exactly sure which beat-up team. Both of them got crushed last week against Alabama and Georgia, respectively. Who is going to recover from those awful losses? And you say awful losses, or I say awful losses, and I don't mean that in terms of we play. Uh, yeah, we did play an awful game, actually, but it was mainly because we played an awful game and, Al- and Ole Miss played an awful game because we were up against the two top teams in the country. It's a pretty unanimous opinion that Georgia and Alabama and then everybody else. It's those two teams at the top, and then it's a toss-up for a lot of teams. Who could be three, who could be four, who could be five? But it's also kind of like that in the SEC West. Right now, the East is better than the West, I think, personally. I think that we have seen that. But you look at Bama. Let's just focus on our side of the division here. Bama's going to win the West. I don't think there's any question about that. There's plenty of people who would bet the house on it. But after that, Arkansas is still in a great position. Yeah, you hated to go and get blown out by Georgia and lose 37-0, your first shutout since 2018. But they're still in a phenomenal position. Phenomenal meaning that there is still a chance at a New Year's Six Bowl. We know that. But if you beat Ole Miss, you've already beaten AM. I don't trust, I, I never trust Mississippi State. I don't care that they threw for 400 plus yards and this and that against Texas AM. A Mike Leach offense is, regardless, last year it folded early after the big LSU win, it folded against Arkansas. That air raid offense almost every single year is going to fold other than his two 11-win seasons. Congratulations. You've had two 11-win seasons in 20 years. I guess it's over 20 years now. So we know the ceiling for Mike Leach is about seven, eight wins, and I don't think they're going to get there this year. LSU is on the downfall. I wouldn't be shocked if they finish maybe like second to last. I don't want to say last, but it wouldn't shock me there either. But they are just a complete crap show right now. Ed Orgeron's not going to last past this season. Auburn, I really don't know what to say about them. Under Gus, it was like they performed their best when their backs were up against the wall. I don't necessarily think that their backs are up against the wall right now. They're 1-0 in the SEC West, or in the SEC. So I think, which the West too, because they beat LSU. But Bo Nix looked pretty good against, a, again, a bad LSU team. You don't really ever know what you're going to get with him. We don't really know what we have with Brian Harson at Auburn right now. He did pretty good at Boise State, his one year at Arkansas State. So he was a good G5 coach. So I'm not quite ready to say that he's going to fail at Auburn, but you just don't know. And then you've also got Ole Miss. I really think right now, we thought at the beginning of the season, really after week one, that it was Alabama and then probably – Ole Miss or Arkansas. And I definitely believe, I don't think that a and going to bounce back, at least bounce back enough to get to that. They might flirt with that second spot. But whoever wins this, this pretty much to me, even though it's still pretty early, to me this is a battle for the number two spot in the SEC West, which essentially could mean it's probably going to be Kentucky or Florida there in the East that gets the second spot behind Georgia. But a second spot in the East is going to, just like it does every year, you know, a top three, top four team. And so when you think about the Georgia loss, that really puts it into a a much better perspective. And I really didn't think about it until I sat down and I thought about the fact that Ole Miss has, I I was contemplating this game pretty much all day Thursday. And I was thinking, Jerry and Ely, the stud back for Ole Miss is out. I know they have an offensive lineman or two out. 
I'll tell you guys, I really think that this Jalen St. John and this Tykeus Crawford thing, because I'm, I'm just not, I'm not a big Bo Limmer and Brady Latham guy. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, I think that they're decent, but if you really want those big hog mollies like Sam Pittman talks about, and we've, we've mentioned, we've seen reports all week about how he's doing with them, what he did with Dan Skipper and what he did with Denver Kirkland, and it worked out well. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to, even as the season progresses, we're going to have any kind of offensive line gel into what we had there in 2014, particularly in 2015. That 2015 offensive line was one of the best, one of the best ever at Arkansas, at least uh, in, in recent memory, in the last couple of decades probably. Houston Nutt had some pretty good ones too, though. But also, I was all, I was considering this too. So Hudson Henry, we've had little to no production at the tight end spot. We've talked about that on the show a couple of times. Hudson Henry hasn't played this year. I don't think he's seen a down. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. He's been in a green jersey pretty much all season. This guy just can't really stay healthy. Now, I do have some questions about his toughness just based on some of the things that I've seen on the field. I think he's taken some hits and and kind of shied away from it after that. I do believe that. But at the same time, too, I'm not putting this all on him because if you're hurt, you're hurt. And I do acknowledge that. The the Henry family has Hunter not so much as a Razorback, but Hayden with the shoulder, and they've they've had some bad luck. That family, the, those brothers have had some bad luck with injuries. And you just can't control that. It happens. You've seen it with so many athletes that uh, some of them, it's unfortunately ran, ruined their careers, and some have been, over, been able to overcome them. But how poetic, because this team at Ole Miss right now, I don't, I don't think there's any coaches left. I know that was in back in the Hugh Freeze era two coaches ago, but I don't think there's any coaches or really many or any staff left from 2015 in the 4th and 25. There's certainly no players left, but the fans certainly remember this. You know that they remember that play because it's one of the craziest plays in college football history, but it also kept Ole Miss from going to their first ever SEC championship game. Now, I know they've had previous SEC championships in the past, but at least since the merger in 1992. How poetic would it be if Hudson Henry, because he's been out of the green jersey this week, and you don't expect him to just come in and ball out and be full speed when you haven't played in a game, but maybe not even get like over 100 yards, but if he gets a winning touchdown or a key touchdown at at a crazy time or at at a key moment or... He catches a first down that seals the game for the Hogs. That'd be pretty wild, wouldn't it? Just because of what Hunter did in 2015, and he wasn't even really the biggest. Yeah, he heaved it, but what Alex caught, what didn't, what uh, Dan Skipper did, just tipping it, and then Alex Collins picking it up and doing what he did. That was the even crazier part. Skipper was probably the biggest part of that play that we don't talk about. But anyways, we can talk about that another time. But I don't know. I, I just really thought about that, and I thought that that would be just absolutely wild. I, I hope we win the game. And you know what? At at this point now, I think we will win the football game. I didn't before. I didn't all off season, but I do now. I don't know what the score is going to be, but I think that we're going to whether it's Cam Little kicking a last second field goal or us winning by a point or two. I think we win this football game. I think we go to Oxford. We're the ones that rebound, and the reason why I do is Sam Pittman because Lane Kiffin is a better offensive Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy, Kendall Bryles as brother-in-law. I think that they are better offensive minds than Kendall Bryles. And they're, they probably have better athletes overall. 
I mean, I know Jerry and Ely being out's a, a big loss for them, but Sam Pittman really got has these guys believing. And I'm not saying that that Lane Kiffin doesn't, but I think that that's going to be the key: is that we're going to be we're going to be sharper than them. And I think that we're going to do our assignments better. And that's one thing that we have, other than Georgia, that's one thing that we have done better than every team. And, and I don't want to say most, at least two of the teams that we've beaten were better than us on paper, talent, like in terms of star power and stuff like that. And so I think that the Razorbacks win it. Uh, I'll, we'll put our predictions. We'll have them on the, on the site. Uh, I guess so. This drops on a Friday. We should have them up there then. Check them out during the game, which, you know, the game is uh, <laughs> bright and early, another breakfast game, which I guess we're going to have like three or four straight weeks of that when it's all said and done. But I think we're going to. And we're going to have that was my opinions on this and my takes on the SEC West. Up next, we're going to have Porter Hayes and Brian Scott Rippey break down the game a little bit more and preview it from a Ole Miss fan perspective so don't go anywhere you're listening to the hog talk podcast part of the believe podcast and the buzz radio network located in fayetteville rapology is your top spot for banners signs and wraps from commercial fleet wraps color changes vinyl decals and much more they take care of you in a timely and professional manner call rapology today at 479-368-6490 again that's 479-368-6490 Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinemann Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinemann Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry, and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Welcome back to episode 221 of the Hog Talk podcast. We go now to the Workman's Travel Center hotline where we are joined by Brian Rippey of Rippey Rights. We had you on during baseball season, so, man, thanks for coming on and, and joining us again, and we're going to preview the, the upcoming game on Saturday. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, both teams, you know, coming off a kind of a disappointing loss, if you'd say. You know, it, it seemed like both teams were coming in with full head of steam, so we're we're really coming into the game this Saturday in, in similar situations. Yeah, I would say so. It's, uh, it, you know, I was actually talking to a couple of the guys I work with kind of part-time at the rival site in Oxford now about like whose position you'd rather be in. And I think we, in terms of just coming off of the loss, not necessarily like a matchup perspective where I think Arkansas is probably in a little bit more favorable position in terms of like the hangover standpoint, because you know, kind of was what it was, right? Like 37 to nothing, you kind of met, like Arkansas met their match in sense of like, that's a really elite defense to where I think Ole Miss kind of talked themselves into really having a chance of this game because of the way the offense had looked and played to where that was a real disappointment in terms of just not being able to block Alabama on really any play at all. I mean, it was just kind of from the jump. They, they were in the backfield. I saw a statistic earlier in the week where like Ole Miss averaged like .03 yards on every rush before first contact, which I think is only like a couple inches. That seems pretty bad. So I think it was a lot more disappointing for Ole Miss to whereas I think Arkansas, you're just kind of like, all right, let's flush this and play a little bit better next week 
and uh, just kind of get, get the hell out of Athens. So, uh, yeah, certainly an interesting dynamic because you could argue this is probably a more important game for both programs. And how much do you think of those, you know, now famous viral pregame comments? I mean, played into that, you know, he says before the game, you know, hey, get your popcorn ready. You know, it's going to be a show. And then you you go into a team like Alabama. And I think a lot of the perceptive is people were hoping Alabama was down and then they prove us wrong once again. Yeah, I think it may have played a little bit into it. Look, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, if you're kind of around the Ole Miss program, it's not said publicly, but it's pretty well known that privately behind the scenes, Kiffin would like to beat Nick Saban. And I think he wants to beat Nick Saban more than any other coach in the SEC. And I say that in the sense, like he'd like to beat Alabama more than any other team and program in the SEC and kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like the whole situation, kind of like conquer your master type of thing. Nick Saban groomed him and kind of resurrected his career. And I do think there's a professional respect there, despite them being very different human beings. But I think he very badly wants to beat him. And you don't really see that type of emotion from Lane. He kind of does the, it's not the Belichick thing, but he tries to say as little and show as little emotion as possible in press conferences. And then you kind of see throughout that week, there was a little bit more sizzle to him, if you will, between the, get your popcorn comment kind of ribbing saving on Twitter, the whole headset toss. And, you know, it wasn't a, uh, I would say arrogant thing in the sense of, you know, we're going to come out and kick your ass or whatever type of thing, or any like declarations like that. But when you say get your popcorn and then the game's not competitive for the first 35 minutes, that doesn't necessarily play over well. So it's justified kind of poking fun at him, but in terms of it like kind of playing into the result, I don't necessarily buy that. I just think the game was as simple as Ole Miss couldn't block, and there's no scheme when you can't block the dudes in front of you. There's no way to scheme around it, and wasn't competitive. And I think you kind of saw the result. Yeah, and you were talking about him wanting to beat him so bad. I mean, we, we can agree to that and not only beat him, but be the first assistant to beat him. So it's, you know, he wants to be that first one to say he – he got the best of Nick Saban on that day. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, I don't know if he I, – I know for a fact he probably would never publicly admit it. But, yeah, I, I do think he very much wants to be kind of the guy that finally slays the uh, slays the master, slays the one that groomed him. And, look, would, does he do it someday? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily bet on it given kind of the past history and what Alabama has become. But, you know, this was kind of a game that – you know, narrative wise, it got talked into it. And in reality, I just don't think Ole Miss kind of had the frontline talent, particularly on both sides of the line of scrimmage up front to actually compete in this game, uh, despite how they looked offensively through the first three. So coming into this game, you know, Matt Corral, he was, you know, one of the favorites for the Heisman. So how important is it, you know, for him to, you know, just, just shake it off, come into this game, get back on track and, of course, you know, it's been talked about all week on the Arkansas side of what happened last year. So, really, you got two aspects of really, one, shaking off the Alabama loss, and then again, you know, shaking off the interceptions from last year. So, what, what's the main key coming into Saturday's game to really make him comfortable to where it sets the tone early? Sure. I think Kiffin actually said it after the game, and I agreed with the sentiment. Corral actually thought I I thought Corral played pretty well. And I know that's weird to say with the way the game went, but I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, and they're kind of escaping my mind. But he he what throws a touchdown, maybe it was two, and then he's like 21 to 29 for like two 
two something. He wasn't bad. Like it's kind of a hard game to evaluate him because he was running for his life on every single play. And Ole Miss, as I keep kind of saying ad nauseum, lost because they couldn't run the football, they couldn't block, and then of course the three fourth down decisions. Uh, that came back to bite them in the first half. For as much as people want to rag on the Ole Miss defense, Alabama's three of their first four drives, touchdown drives in the first half, started in plus territory. That's a tough spot to put a good defense in, much less what Ole Miss is kind of working with. But kind of back to Corral, I actually thought he played fine. I, he threw a couple of dimes like he was fitting it in tight windows. He just didn't have time to throw the football. But I do think this is an important game because if he kind of comes out lethargic, and as an early turnover and doesn't necessarily play well, then it's kind of like, okay, where, where actually is he at from a decision-making standpoint? Was he preying on Tulane and Louisville's defenses that aren't very good? And, the, you know, the Austin P game speaks for itself. That's just not really a fair fight. So I think it is important that he comes out and plays well. And I think he does from the standpoint of I don't think you'll see the six-turnover game for him. Because, I mean, after the old Miss left Fayetteville last year, the game's been well-documented. It's been talked about over and over again about him seeing the drop eight, Kiffin leaving him in there to kind of teach him a lesson and you know, blah, 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 storyline after can storyline. I don't think you'll see that again. And I think part of that is actually, I think Arkansas will mix it up. Arkansas from kind of what I've seen has been a lot more aggressive in blitzing this year, particularly from the linebacker spot. So I think they'll try to mix it up this year. I think Corral will be ready for the drop eight. I think he'll definitely see a lot of drop eight. How he fares against it will kind of remains to be seen, but I don't think you'll see the six interception poor decision-making version of Corral. Does that necessarily mean he'll light it on fire? No, but I think he's improved from a decision-making and a poise standpoint to where I don't think you'll see it a performance like that per se, but I do think this is an important game for him and really for this offense to get back on track because talk about someone eating a slice of humble pie last week. I think it's offensively because as weird as this to say, if you'd have told me before the game that the Ole Miss defense allowed 42 points, I would have actually probably liked Ole Miss's chances to hang around in that game and maybe win it last week. So I think this is really important for him in the office to kind of bounce back. And when it comes to Arkansas, you know, the, their biggest kind of weakness was their back end. You know, we've seen glimpses of that in the Texas A&M game. If, you know, King just had just a little bit more touch on that ball, there would have been some, some passes that could have went over the top and – not Texas A&M, but Texas, excuse me. But, you know, they just seen some of those throws that were just off. So what do you think the, the game plan going into? Are, are they – you think they're going to try to take, try to take some deep shots early or are they going to try to, like you said, get that run game established and, and then go to the pass? Honestly, last week at Ole Miss, on the rare occasion their receivers were able to get separation, they actually threw the ball fine. But so much of what they do offensively is predicated off of their ability to run the football. You, know, you, you think on the surface, Ole Miss electric offense, they aired out kind of a Heisman contender at quarterback. But really what this offense really runs on, the fuel that, that, that kind of powers the car here is their ability to run the football because it opens up so many passing concepts for them. So much of what Ole Miss does in the passing game starts with sticking the football in the running back stomach and – you know, either pulling it out and kind of reading it off that, whether it's kind of the seam route or a slant or something on the outside. And Ole Miss's inability to run the football with any success really hindered their passing game as well. So, honestly, I think a lot of what they do throwing the football will hinge a lot upon two things. One, how much time Corral has to throw. And two, how how well they're, they're able to run the football against Arkansas. Because if Arkansas can kind of stop Ole Miss from running it early – 
then I think you're going to kind of learn a lot about what this offense actually is. Are they good enough to beat a competitive and good opponent by being one dimensional? I, I don't know the answer to that question. I would lean no. So honestly, I would say the biggest key for Ole Miss from a passing standpoint, as odd as it sounds, is actually their ability to run the football because so much of what else they do offensively from tempo to reads in the passing game is based off their ability to opponents having to kind of respect their run game. And Alabama was able to stop it with, you know, five-ish in the box. Sometimes they brought six and not having to commit, you know, eight or something like that and just daring them to beat them. It was kind of somewhere in the middle and Ole Miss didn't have a lot of success with it. So I think it all hinges upon the running game. Yeah, and there was a lot of people that, you know, I would say 90% of the fan base and the nation, you know, just – Arkansas coming into this game four and one. I don't think anybody's seen it. I mean, the most we've seen was, you know, three and two or three and one, two and two coming into this game. So what surprises you most about Arkansas? And then what worries you most about Ole Miss, either if it's offensively or defensively against the Razorbacks? I would say what surprised me the most is Arkansas's really ability to kind of push people around at the line of scrimmage, I figured they'd have a pretty good offensive line, just kind of judging based off of what they brought back from a year ago and the guys that they did have to replace who was replacing them. But, right, I mean, the story of this Arkansas defense so far is the three transfers they brought in on the defensive line, right, and how good they've been, right? Trey Williams has probably been the story of the defense. I know the linebackers are good, but you probably figured they were going to be really good going into the year. So I think the biggest surprise is Arkansas's ability to – hold their own is kind of an understatement, but their ability to be dominant in stretches and really punish people on the defensive line. And I think that would be probably Ole Miss's biggest worry if Arkansas's defensive line has its way with Ole Miss's offensive line with that strong running back unit, running back, excuse me, linebacker unit behind them. And Ole Miss is not able to run the football with much success. Then I think Ole Miss is going to be in for a long day. So I think that's kind of the two answers in one. I think it's one, the defensive line and the success they've had with three newcomers and transfers coming in the program. And I would also say that's their biggest worry because if they're, if they're establishing themselves early and, and really kind of having their way and planning their stake in terms of winning the battle at the point of the attack and the line of scrimmage, Ole Miss could be in for a long day. And as much as we've talked about the offensive side of, you know, Ole Miss, talk about the defense and, and some of the guys that we, you know, have stood out to you so far this season and, you know, who Arkansas needs to be keyed on this game. Sure. I don't think if you if you watched the game last weekend against Alabama and came away thinking that Ole Miss is going to have a bottom five defense in the FBS again, I think you kind of missed the forest for the trees to some degree. Was the defense good? No. They couldn't stop. And I – there was going to be a team, and it was probably going to be Alabama, and hell, it might be Arkansas again, to run Ole Miss out of this 3-2-6 concept. So they switched to it in the offseason because Ole Miss still lacks a decent bit of depth on the defensive line. They're probably not quite where they want to be at linebacker either or even in the secondary in that matter, but they're closer at the linebacker in the secondary from a front-end talent and a depth standpoint than they are on the defensive line. So like them making the switch to that concept made a ton of sense. But at the same time, there's only so much you can do against a team that's pretty good at running the football between the tackles when you're playing three down linemen and two linebackers. Ole Miss tried to work a third linebacker in at times last week with Austin Key, Keys, excuse me, who I would argue should play more regardless. And it didn't seem to make much of a difference. But with that being said, Ole Miss allowed 42 points. I get the game wasn't competitive, so Alabama didn't necessarily have their foot on the gas in the second half. But 
if there's a way to describe it, so that game last year that Ole Miss played Alabama in what it was like 63 48, seven point game in the fourth quarter, that Alabama offense was kind of like a knife through butter. It was really no resistance. I don't even know how many third downs Alabama faced in the eight drives they had in the second half that all eight ended in touchdowns. At least this year, as dumb as it sounds to say, Alabama had to kind of earn their scores. As I mentioned, three of the four touchdown drives they had in the first half to go ahead 28 to nothing actually started in plus territory. And there was moments of resistance where Alabama kind of had to earn it a little bit more. And so I don't think the whole 42 points thing tells the entire story because the defense was put in some bad spots. They're much faster at linebacker. Chance Campbell, the transfer from Maryland, has been kind of a game changer for them. His his speed and quickness, his ability to kind of fill gaps and, and stop the run is something that Ole Miss hasn't had it at the position in, frankly, half a decade. And I think that goes all the way back to Hugh Freeze and his poor recruitment on the defensive side of the football towards the end. So I do think this Ole Miss defense is better. I think they're a top 75, 80-ish defense in the FBS. And I know that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but Ole Miss was like 128 last year. So when you have a 40 40 mark improving in total defense, that's going to make a difference in your win total. So I think they're better, but honestly, I think this is a huge measuring stick for them. If Arkansas comes in and runs for 285 yards and they put up 28 points with a fairly limited quarterback throwing the football, then I think you're kind of reevaluating. But if they come out and have a decent performance and hold Arkansas under 20 and Ole Miss is able to win the game, then I think people are kind of perceiving and feeling a lot better about what this defense could be, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and, and that leads us to our next point to where we try to, you know, ask every one of our media that we have on and just kind of if you don't want to give an exact prediction, you know, what, what do you see the outcome of the game and, and who do you see winning? Man, so much dumb stuff has happened in this game and in this series in the last what, half decade to seven years. It, it almost feels foolish to kind of give a concrete prediction. I'll at the risk of being accused of being a homer, I'll kind of give the nod to Ole Miss what they're like a five and a half point favorite in Vegas. And I tend to think they have, they run the ball with at least a little bit more success than they did against Alabama. And I think that will open up a lot of things in the passing game. So at the end of the day, I, I, I suppose I will take Ole Miss just because of what I think they could still be offensively um, and the quarterback. But, man, if you told me that they struggled again and Arkansas kind of grounded out to a you know 28-24 victory or something like that, it wouldn't stun me either. I have a terrible feel for this, but I'll just kind of go home team 28-24. So, so are you trying to tell us that 4th and 25 still still hurts you to this day? <laughs> I, I, what I will tell you is that if something like that happened again, I wouldn't be surprised. Nothing would shock – nothing barring a, maybe a meteor striking the 50-yard line within this series would shock me. Uh, I think pretty much anything could happen. I'd be like, all right, that kind of makes sense. So before we let you go, you know, tell, tell all of our listeners where they can find you, social media, and, and share where they can find all your content. Sure thing. BS Rippy on Twitter, B-S-R-I-P-P-E-E, uh, rippywrites.substack.com for the newsletter. And then the podcast is also part of the uh, MPW Digital Rebel Grove Podcast Network, which is the rival site in Oxford. So uh, check it out. We have a good time and uh, try to give some analysis along the way. Well, Brian, I appreciate it. And as we always say to all of our guests, you know, we're we're rooting for good luck for y'all every other week, but, but on the week we play y'all. So, uh, again, appreciate you joining us again, and we'll have to catch up again when baseball swings back around. Absolutely, man. Have a good one.
Well, that will do it for episode 221 of the Hog Talk podcast. I want to thank our guest, Brian Rippey, for joining the show. For Kyle Sutherland and Kevin Bohannon, I am Porter Hayes, and we will catch you on Monday. Whoopig. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.